Right now. It's time for Straight Talk. And for Father Will Thompson to dispense what he himself has been given in prayer from the Lord. Also his training as a priest. Many years of seminary have gone into each and every priest's training. And we're just so blessed to have a priest here co-hosting on Real Presence Live and allowing us to have a, a segment like this where you can call in and ask a priest anything about the faith that you like. If you have a question, please give us a call right now. 877-795-0122 Father Will Thompson will be happy to take your call about anything regarding the faith if you have something that's particularly weighing heavily on your your heart that you need to talk to uh, a priest about please give us a call 877-795-0122 again the number 877-795-0122 if you would like to speak with Father Will also you can submit your question or comment on our Facebook page, the RPR Facebook page. You know, I was uh, thinking a little bit about just, you know, as we were praying together and having this conversation about uh, about uh, the millennial generation and some of their needs. Uh, I mean, many of their needs are the same as anybody's, uh, that we, we, we just, we have this need for God. Uh, but as I was thinking a little bit about prayer, uh, I, I know sometimes people have asked, you know, I mean, is the millennial generation able to pray? Because they're constantly moving from one thing to another. They're, they're constantly, uh, you know, squirrel uh, animate. Yeah. What? Where? <laughs> there. Okay. Uh, where were we? Anyhow, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, we're talking about prayer. <laughs> but the, but that that there's this idea that because millennials are constantly stimulated by by the media, by uh, so many things around them, that uh, you know, can they pray? Well, actually, yes. Yes, they can. And uh, in some ways, because of that constant simulation, prayer is almost more necessary. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why we hear so much about mindfulness, uh, about uh, meditation. Um, and that's from a secular perspective. Uh, even the secular perspective realizes that we need to have this time of communion. Um, but as, as, as Catholics, as Christians, we understand that that communion is not just with this void. It's, you know, we're not, we're not in communion with an emptiness uh, or trying to become more aware of our, of our own thoughts and feelings, but we're really entering into prayer to enter into communion with God, to be in that relationship with God. And so, you know, if, if people are out there and thinking that, um, you know, that, you know, you know why, why, even, why even try to teach them? Because they need it. Yeah, you know, just, just like all of us, we all need to have uh, that opportunity to, uh, to pray. Uh, I know when, when I entered seminary, it was it was really really kind of interesting because I was talking with the priest when I first entered seminary, and um, you know I said, so, so why did you decide to enter seminary right now? And I said, well, you know I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and it seems like the right move to make. He said, well, you've been praying too, haven't you? And I thought, well, how about that? I've been praying. I didn't know I knew how to pray, but apparently I was doing that. So I was allowing God to guide me, uh, to direct me, and above all, to love me. Right, and prayer is so important just to fundamentally know who we are. Without prayer, we don't know who we are, and we're not confident when we go out into the world to just have regular interactions with, you know, just everyday interactions with the world around us, with the people around us. There could be an insecurity there. I remember um, in my previous job in Catholic Radio, when I was working full-time for Catholic Radio in Nebraska, we, uh, we had a music segment on our morning show, and 
we interviewed a, a gentleman by the name of Jason Gray, who is actually from Minnesota. He's a Christian contemporary artist, and uh, I love his music. He has a, a, a song uh, where the refrain is, remind me who I am to you. Yeah. And I love that song, it, it, that line, remind me, tell me, lest I forget yeah. who I am to you, that I belong to you, that we belong to the Father, that we belong to God, that we can come from God, and and that's our end goal in life. But if we don't realize that, if we don't pray, then we're not going to know, well, why am I here? What's the meaning of my life? Mm-hmm. And it was incredible, too, when we were interviewing uh, Jason, we f- discovered that he actually has a stutter, a hmm. speech impediment. Yeah. When, you, when he sings, you don't realize it. But I thought, wow, his faith is definitely, you know, gives him the confidence to get up there on stage and you know, during a concert and in between songs to speak, even though he has the stutter because he is secure in who he is. He knows that he belongs to God. Right. Yeah. And that, and that is, that is our need. You know, just this last weekend in Rochester, we had the uh, Steubenville North conference and uh, you know, the Steubenville conferences are happening all over the place throughout the United States. And the, the theme this year is belong. Uh, so unfortunately I was only able to be there for the o- opening night uh, for the, um, uh, for the, for the sessions that opening night and came back for uh, confessions a little bit but but that theme of belonging and uh, there was a constant reminder no matter who is who was talking that night saying we belong to the father uh, and that's that that's that's where we find our identity um, and it's it's not in what we do it's it's not you know because what we do is it's going to change you know, you, you know, even, you know, I think in, in my vocation of the priesthood, not that I'm going to change uh, from being a priest, but my assignment is going to change. And so in some ways, you know, if I try to um, really root myself in my doing, uh, you know, eventually that gives, gives out. I don't have the strength. I may not have the mental capacity. Uh, there, you know, there's just so many changes that can happen with what I do. But who I am, who I am stays the same. That's right. You're not a human doing. Right. You're a human being. Exactly. And priests especially um, need to pray in order to lead their their flocks uh, into this reality as well. Uh, we also have a comment or question from our fa- RPR Facebook page. Again, the, I just want to remind people uh, that they can call 877-795-0122 for our Straight Talk segment happening right now. If you want to call and talk to Father Will Thompson about anything regarding the faith, anything that's on your heart, please give us a call. Um, we have an anonymous from Rochester who says, why doesn't the church speak more on the fact that we need to repent and that hell is real? Do not hear it in homilies. You know, I I can't speak for for every priest. I, I don't know um, uh, about everyone. I know for myself, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I don't think we need to repeatedly talk about. At the end of each uh, each year, each cal- uh, each church year, um, we get towards the end things. Yeah, you know, the, the 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 four end things: heaven, hell, uh, uh, death, and purgatory. Um, not in that order, uh, <laughs> um, but but you know it is something to, to talk about certainly at that point in time. Um, but you know the church does talk about hell. I mean, you know Pope Francis just came out with a a, a book about rebuking the devil. Uh, I mean that's not the title doesn't have to do specifically with hell, but you know you know and Satan is the the prince of uh, the prince of hell, so it is out there. Uh, it, it's certainly something that's out there. Um, I think. 
probably in general uh, th- there might be some kind of um, you know, just uh, that effect where you go from one side to the other. Uh, you know, I hear it every now and then about uh, fire and brimstone. You know, you know, either, you know, Father, that, you know, you really use some fire and brimstone there. And I think, well, I didn't really use fire and brimstone. I, 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 could, be, I could be harsher than that. Um, but, I, but I think that's part of the point is to, you know, that the, the homily is not a time to necessarily be harsh with people. It's a time to unpack what is right there in the scriptures. And so if the scriptures aren't talking about hell, I'm probably not going to talk about hell. Um, so, so it's trying to, trying to stay uh, with what is going on in scriptures and what the needs of the community are right there. Yeah, it's, it's great to uh, allow the church and it's her liturgical cycle to lead you in your homiletic preparation. And mm-hmm. I remember for, for my part when I was a seminarian uh, back in college, I was assigned to a Boy Scout camp where I had to give a 10 to 15 minute chapel service every day. And I wasn't guided by the church and her readings. And so I tended to default to speaking about death and the reality of hell and, and judgment. And there was very little mercy and I look back on those two, three years, and I think, you know, especially that first year, wow, what, I hope I didn't damage anyone's faith <laughs> because right. I was talking almost exclusively about these kind of, I don't want to say Debbie Downer topics, but it wasn't balanced. Mm-hmm. There was not the balance there that, that was needed, the uh, reality of mercy versus the reality of judgment. Mm-hmm. So we always have to keep that in mind. And we can tend to uh, go to one extreme or the other, but, uh, but it is all about balance. Uh, we have another comment question from Nancy from Rochester, who says, let's see, oh, Nancy's on the phone. She would like to speak with you, Father Will. Nancy, good morning. You're on the RPR Network on Real Presence Live. Good morning. What's your question, I Nancy? Have a- I have a question. Um, I recently heard about Real Presence Radio from a friend, and mm-hmm. I had no idea that it even existed. Since then, I have listened to it regularly, I mean a lot, and I absolutely love it. My knowledge of the Catholic faith is far from optimal. I didn't have real good um, faith formation growing up. I'm a very strong devoted Catholic, but this the station has really helped me to grow in my faith. But my question is, um, we go to church every weekend and we hear how we're supposed to evangelize and do all this, um, How? but I never hear or see anything about it in bulletins or hear about it in the churches or the Catholic schools or in any newspapers. So how... Do we evangelize? I mean, I can go out and tell some friends, but how do we get our younger and future generation of the Catholic Church aware of things like this Mm -hmm. to listen so they can evangelize if it's not going to be, quote, advertised? Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. So, Nancy, tell, tell me again, how did you find out about the Real Presence Radio? A friend of mine from a surrounding community mm-hmm. of Rochester had told me about it, and she listens regularly, and she's the one that told me. Um, she knows that I kind of struggle <laughs> with yeah. my knowledge of the faith, and I have my entire life. 
because my faith formation, you know, was not anything real yeah. strong. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and Nancy, I mean, in many ways, you, you have the answer right there. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we we had this uh, millennial church conference, um, um, and you know, Dr. Susan Winley Dallas was sharing a little of some of the things we talked about there. But it's not just at the conference that we heard those things; these are things that we we know uh, from working with the millennial generation. But one of the one of the ways they talked about reaching out uh, that the the way of talking was was new to me, uh, and it was paying attention to your sphere of influence. Paying attention to those who are you know, near to you, who you already have a relationship with. Uh, another way that I've thought of it is you know, the low-hanging fruit. You know, who is right there that you can already influence, uh, that you can talk to, that you can suggest, hey, you know, are, are, are you aware of uh, th- this radio station? You, sh- you should give it a try. I mean, how many, how many young people do we see you know, with, with ear- earphones in? And, mm-hmm. and that, that can be a wonderful moment to say, oh, what, what are you listening to? And first of all, we have to, we have to listen to them, you know, to, to hear what it is that they're saying. Um, and that, but then, you know, in that conversation, we can turn it around and say, well, well you know, have you ever thought about, you know, Catholic radio? Uh, have you thought of, mm-hmm. ever thought about listening to this type of radio station? Um, Certainly, there are, there are, there is uh, some advertisement out there. I, I mean, I've seen bulletin boards. Uh, we've got bumper stickers uh, th- that are out there. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you could go onto the Real Presence Radio website uh, and uh, re- request some information there. Um, if that is not true, then I just gave the Real Presence Radio station a lot of work. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my question is. Um, I'm one person, and yep. I can I can tell my friends. But how, you know, we hear from the pulpit, you and other priests, mm-hmm. and not just in Rochester, in all parishes, about going out and evangelizing and getting our youth on board. And how do we do that? How do we get everyone on board if, it's not in bulletins, if it's not in newspapers, if it's not said from the pulpit. Well, first of all, I don't think that's enough. I mean, if, if you want to learn how to evangelize, um, I've got a, a four-credit four course that I, uh, I could invite you. No, I don't actually have a four-credit <laughs> course, but, um, but, but it's, it, I mean, it's, it's certainly much more than uh, what we're able to do in a short conversation here. It's, it's more than what we are able to do uh, in... Uh, in a, a bulletin column, in a homily, uh, it's multifaceted. But but do not uh, do not discount <laughs> the work of one person. Mm-hmm. You know, and and even even if you only affect one person, you know, there's that um, that story from uh, Saint Teresa of Calcutta where someone was asking her, you know, you, you look around you, <laughs> you look around. There's all these people that are suffering, all these people are dying. You know, what what, what good do you really think that you can do? And she said, Well, I I, I can help this person right here. I can help mm-hmm. this person right here. And so so don't discount the impact of just reaching out to one person. Mm-hmm. And I guess then you have the domino effect of that person telling another. Yep. yep. Okay. E- exactly. Right. So, Nancy, thanks. Well, thanks I just want to tell you how wonderful it has been and how much I have learned from listening. That's great to hear. To the radio. So, that, thank you. That, that's great to hear. Thank you, Nancy.
Yes, thanks, Nancy. You are listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Will Thompson. It is the Straight Talk segment, where you can call in, ask a question of Father Will, uh, chat with him a little bit about anything that happens to be on your heart, anything about the faith. The number to call, again, 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. You know, I think Nancy brings up a, a good point, or maybe I had just reflecting more on, on my response to her that, you know, how do we do this? Uh, how do we evangelize? And, you know, I, th- I think there's, there's, there's two, two sides to it. There is our personal prayer, and there's also the study. You know, you know as, as, we, as we want to bring people to Jesus, we have to know Jesus. Um, but eventually, the conversations do get a little bit more specific, and uh, people have specific questions about, uh, about the faith. And so I just wonder, you know, for our, for our listeners out there, you know, how was your faith journey? Uh, how's it growing? How is it growing this summer? Summertime can be a wonderful time to catch up on some reading. I mean, I know uh, I get I get free books pretty regularly, uh, and then there's other books that I that I that I purchase, and um, a lot of times, you know, especially in the spring, we've got Lent, we've got Easter season, uh, we've got uh, First Communion, Confirmation, we've got all these things going on, and so my reading, you know, falls to the back burner. But summertime can be a wonderful time uh, to, you know, whether you want to go out in the hammock and, and read a little bit, or just sit, you know sit sit by a sunny sunny window inside in your air conditioning. Um, you know, the summertime is a wonderful time for us to take those steps to grow. Um, but I, I think, first of all, with the prayer. Uh, I remember uh, reading a book uh, several years ago, and I forget the name of the book right offhand, but it was written by Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. Um, and I think it was called Why Are Priests Happy? Uh, and there, were, there was one part of that book that really stood out to me. And uh, part, of, part of it was uh, studying the phenomenon of uh, burnout. You know, what, you know, just like uh, anybody, priests can experience burnout. And so Monsignor Rossetti wanted to understand why, you know, how, how does that happen? And what he discovered was really interesting. He discovered that uh, those priests that, uh, that experience burnout don't necessarily work, you know, an absurd amount of time. You know, they're not working 80, 90 hours a week. In fact, most of the priests that experience burnout are you know, much, much less than that. And then there are other priests who are working 70, 80, 90 hours a week that seem happy. <laughs> they really seem very content in their priesthood. But what he discovered was, uh, he discovered that, that was not really the correlation. The correlation is not the amount of work. The correlation was the prayer life. Because if you go week in, week out trying to teach people about Jesus but you don't know Jesus personally that is exhausting that is tiring that's depressing because <laughs> you know, you te- you know, you're talking about hope you're talking about faith but I don't have an experience of that myself you know, that, that is just exhausting so as we look at evangelization uh, the first step I think really is to have that relationship with God uh, to have a regular prayer life because you cannot give what you do not have right yeah I, I make the correlation the, the comparison uh, to a priest like that to perhaps a, a married man like me who perhaps takes a job for the money and that's about it without, without any really real regard as to well, making the connection to well this 
this helps my family. This I'm providing for them. It's more like, well, I just want more money so I can buy a boat or whatever other toys that will, I think, make me happy. But in the end, that doesn't make you happy. There That's has right. to be a deeper reason why you're doing all of this. That's right. Same thing for priests. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit more about this, but uh, we do still have seven minutes for callers uh, to call on in. Uh, feel free to uh, check in with us at, on, at Straight Talk. Uh, the number is 877-795-0122. We like to take this time of Real Presence live to uh, to discuss your questions. Uh, I mean, I, I can talk. I have that gift. I can keep talking, but uh, always a lot more enjoyable uh, to talk about the things that you are curious about. So you can call us uh, at the station at 877-795-0122. You can also reach us on Facebook uh, to uh, pose those questions for us. You know, as we're talking about this need for prayer uh, in order to evangelize, um, there is also, I think, that need for education, for study. Um, and there are just, there are so many good books out there. Uh, there, there is so much that, uh, that helps us to grow. Um, one one recent book that I, I read, uh, it's probably at least five years old at this point, was uh, one of Peter Kraft's books, How to Be Holy. Mm. And uh, yeah, anything a, by him is great. Yeah, it's, it's, a, awesome. it's a short book. It's broken up into short uh, chapters, really easy to read. But uh, but one of the, one of the points that he tries to make is how God intends all things for good. Not that God makes everything happen for good. You know, there, there's there's that that, uh, that that clarification in there. You know, God does not is not the um, the immediate cause of everything. Evil is an immediate cause that that you know evil exists. Um, but even with, with evil, God desires all things for good. And we see that a little bit uh, for for those that went to mass today or uh, have uh, seen the seen the readings for today. Uh, we're we're, we're Right at the kind of the meaty portion of that story of Moses, and uh, in today, today's uh, first reading, uh, we hear about the encounter with of Moses with God in the burning bush. And um, first of all, I mean, it's it's a genius move for God because what guy is not attracted to fire? Fire. Uh, it's like, oh, fire! Yes, this is where I will be. Uh, <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, but uh, but unlike some of us who, who we see a fire and we go into fire mode, where it's like I am thinking about nothing. Um, yeah, you know, I, I remember talking to some some girls and they're like, yeah, like my boyfriend says that he's not thinking about anything. How's that possible? Like, it's because he's a guy. You know, guys can do that. They can. It's fireplace mode. We it's look at the fire zone. and we don't think about anything. But Moses was definitely thinking about something here. He's like, okay, this burning, this bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. What is going on? And then uh, God reveals Himself. God reveals himself in that powerful way. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and I have a mission for you. You are going to lead my people, Israel, out of slavery. You'll bring them to the promised land. And uh, there, there's, there's this part right at the end that I, I think is really helpful for us to reflect on. Uh, that's, that God says, this shall be your proof that it is I who sent you. When you bring my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. So the same mountain that he's seen the burning bush. Um, in at this part of Genesis or of Exodus, it's called uh, Mount Horeb. Later, it's called Mount Sinai, which most scripture scholars believe that it's it's the same mountain. Uh, it was maybe it was Horeb from one side, Sinai from the other, or, or there might have been two peaks. Um, but uh, but they see it as the um, you know as the same the same mountain. 
but even just with the um, liturgical cycle, it's a week and a half before we're going to be back there. In real time, you know, this was several weeks. Uh, uh, it was a long time. And then, of course, we have the 40 years in the desert. This, this amazing patience and perseverance. And, and we need to have that in our own faith. You know, as we spent this time praying uh, just a little bit ago, um, you know, we, we, can, we can be disappointed so quickly so quickly and and i just want to encourage people you know stick with god stick with god i mean the israelites who left egypt um i think it was caleb was the only one who left egypt who also stepped foot in the promised land uh that sometimes god's work in our lives it's generational and so going back again to our conversation about the millennials uh uh you know, I think it's it's common for one generation to speak disparagingly about another generation, and it's like, oh, they you know they they've lost this, they've lost that. You know, they don't have any sense for um, you know tradition, for the way we do things, for the church, for their faith. Uh, be patient. You know, God works with a big picture, and also to remember that we're not perfect either. No, our generations are certainly not. And no, this is perhaps a call, a wake-up call to us to re-examine how how we do some things. Yeah. What are we doing to reach out to them, but also to refine our processes uh, to make them more in accord with God's will uh, for our own generations? Yep. Because uh, perhaps if we're not evangelizing like we should be, uh, there's something. There's something that needs to happen with our generations as well. Yeah, and, and there, are, there, are, there are things we can learn, good things that we can learn from other generations. You know, because each generation is not perfect uh, in, in and of itself, there's always something for us to learn, something for us to gain from another generation. And so and I know one of the things that I appreciate about the millennial generation is, is the community they have. Um, now, yes, a lot of times it's over phone, um, but I, mean, I, I see people of that generation just hanging out they enjoy spending time with each other uh, it might be easier to text or uh, do things on instagram or snapchat and you know um, but uh, but they do spend time with each other they have a, a great interest in uh, what's happening locally uh, you know I, I think i think our generation we would say look just get me something fast uh, get me something easy and that'll be great and the millennial generation is a little bit more interested in no give me something that's local give me something that I, I know where it came from and i can support people that, that i even know um, and I, I think there's a, a great value to that yeah they're, they're, they're also uh, the the fact uh, that they are so environmentally conscious mm-hmm. uh, I, I admire the millennial generation for that and yeah. I can feel the tug on that as well just being a couple of years removed from that generation uh, that's something that's really close to my heart as well yeah, and, and I think the other thing to remember is there are a lot of consistence especially in the practice of, of the faith the practice of our church that we you know we still have the sacraments and so um, you know yes people stop going to church but a lot of them stop going to church because they haven't been given a reason to stay. Uh, you know, going back to this millennial church conference, uh, one of the powerful images that was shared is that for, for millennials, their natural disposition is the road to Emmaus. Mm. The natural disposition is they're walking away. But if you remember the road to Emmaus, Jesus comes into their midst and Jesus listens to them. Jesus asks them questions and then Jesus reveals 
opens the scriptures to opens them. Opens the scriptures, reveals himself in the breaking of the bread. And so I think that's a great model for all of us as we are reaching out to this millennial generation. I think it works for everybody, really, not just the millennial <laughs> generation. Where, first of all, listen. Have that disposition of listening, just like Jesus did as he was walking with the disciples. And then to share, to say, all right, that's that's interesting. And, you know, let me hear your questions. Let me understand, you know, what, what do you think about this? And then when the time is right, when the, when the conversation is ripe, then say, you know, this is this is my, my perspective. This is my experience. And so if I have a positive experience of going to Mass, of, of celebrating reconciliation, positive experience of, of marriage, you know, for myself as, as a priest, to share it, to have that, to have that courage to share my own faith and, and it's it, in my experience of the faith. Uh, you know, Pope Paul VI, uh, St. Paul VI knew this uh, many years ago when he said that people listen to teachers in as much as they are first witnesses. And so, that's another thing that the millennial generation really values highly is authenticity. That's right. We, uh, we want to thank everyone who uh, called in or wrote in your questions for our Straight Talk segment. Remember that this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday. Thanks, Father Will Thompson, for taking the calls and other questions, comments from those who wrote in our, on our Facebook page. Up next, tune in to hear who you have nominated for Honor Our Fathers. And later in the show, we'll explore a tour in the footsteps of St. John Paul II with Father Richard Kuntz. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Will Thompson and Matt Wilkham. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> 